0: Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I'm Renee Coleman, once again sitting in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge in the heart of the Empire, with my co-host, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times, and future Mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny.
1: Hey, man. I didn't know we were at a at a a. a, a, a... Uh, a hookah place shop of you
0: outside the front of this joint? No, maybe? not not in a little bit. It's oh, it's I smelled it. They actually have a hookah out there?
1: They, no, it's not hookah. It's, oh, okay, uh, something. It's uh, mm. Maui, Waui Oh, okay. Hawaiian, right. uh, You know, mm. sense of me and something's going on
0: out okay. there. Okay, got a whole I'll, scene out there.
1: Yeah, and I don't I don't know if they're even patrons of this joint. Well,
0: I have I to th- hang out. Up there. Yeah, I don't know. They
1: put out a couch, so <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's just gonna get what he deserves, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. Th- I think they came in and uh, ordered some cocktails and oh, some, yeah. some some strolling drinks. Yeah, maybe go hang out at the uh, well. At that that. That couch has got to be uh, wet because it's been raining all day. I don't
1: think they've even noticed that.
0: Oh, okay, (laughs) it's not coming into play. As long as their
1: blunts not wet.
0: Okay, there you go. You know, right on.
1: So they're okay. What's been happening, man?
0: Oh, what's been happening? Uh, Well, uh, just kind of preparing to go out of town with the iguanas tomorrow. But uh, this past weekend. Uh, went to the the big Red Rockers reunion that they had at Tipitinas. The Red
1: uh, Rockers,
0: right? So we had uh, Darren Hill, the bass player from the band, was our guest last week. That's the communist
1: Chinese band, right? Right, 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 right. Yes, and the Red uh, Rockers.
0: So uh, you know, I guess, I guess they're they're uh, they've left their uh, communist leanings behind. They're uh, strictly uh, you know just just playing for fun and uh, and commerce these days. Had a full house over at Tipitinas, and it was great. Uh, Seeing a lot of old faces I hadn't seen in a long time uh even somebody put up a uh, a poster that was like uh uh these are people who died died It said at the top of it and and then had started it with a they had a uh a, a lot or you know a sharpie on a string and then they'd start it with a few names and so as you came in if you saw other people from the scene you know 1980 or so th- 79 through 2023 people that had passed away you got to Add their names up there, so that was that was nice that somebody was uh, you know remembering all those uh, lost souls. And, it was like a funeral parlor. <laughs> well, I mean, no,
1: there. Yeah, it was, I don't find that inter- touching at all. If you ask well, me, it's, it's, I agree. Well,
0: uh, <laughs> I do that for for me, like to to remember these people, you know, as long as they're alive in your memory, they they're still you know they're they're still mm. somewhat with you. Um, you know, it's like once, once, once okay. everyone totally forgets you, then you're really gone. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, and a, a few Trouble men podcast guests on there. We're of course. on that paper. On yeah. that paper, yeah. Of really? course, uh, Carlo Nuccio was yeah. was there. He uh,
1: died owing me money. Uh, well, always
0: again, I would say money. he he won. I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't owe you money, Jimmy? <laughs> no. Okay. Good. Good. Me either. Uh, it, it, possibly at one time, who you know, Carlo and I lost track of who owed whom money. So uh, it's a uh, it's all. Okay out in the wash but uh other people kelly keller's name of course uh, was on there and uh you know nikki sansenbach was i added that and stanley Atkins, another former guest i added his name but uh but a ton of people that were still with us and and got to see all them and uh i uh, saw our, our good buddy david turgeon there he made a rare appearance but uh he, was, uh, he
1: wasn't on the poster, his name? No.
0: <laughs> no, he was there in the flesh. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, he's got his new hips, so uh, he was raring to go. Was and, he
1: wearing his MAGA hat?
0: Uh, no, he had a, a red, white, and blue cowboy hat. <laughs> I know what you're talking about.
2: Hard <laughs> 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 to believe he's that way. Oh, God, it's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, yeah, mm.
0: Dave's definitely uh, taking a turn. Well, he lives down there in Lafitte, you know. He's, he's in his own sort of bubble down there.
1: Yeah, but yet... Uh, Obamacare paid for his new hips. Right,
0: right, right. (laughs) Don't point that out to him. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I've I have. Yeah. We all have. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Got to remind him. But uh, so yeah, Dave was there. He's got a a white beard. He's uh, missing a couple of teeth. He's, uh, he's, get, he's starting to take on a kind of a old prospector look, you know, kind of oh, like. Uh, I'm surprised like,
2: there wasn't more operation of his crazy stage antics, you know. Well, he wasn't he, playing, so I think he's. Well, I'm talking about when he was in the.
0: Right, right. Well, that's how he. The ha- sluts. That's how. That's uh, I think uh, all the stage antics is how he wound up having uh, two two hips that needed to be replaced, but he uh, finally got that. There I was think more
2: stage antics than music. <laughs> well, <laughs> there was a lot of both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of stage antics. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. yeah lot, well, that's great. So on.
1: that oh, poster good. took away from the band. Is um, that what you're saying? No, More no, it were was it was just in the poster. Than no, the band. it was
0: just uh, an aside. No, the band was terrific. They sounded great. Uh, uh, had uh, Brian Barbaro, my old buddy from the uh, Pat Barbaro Orchestra, on drums. Uh, uh, hadn't seen him in a while. Want to get him on the show, man. He's uh, he's he's seen no, a lot it, He wasn't
1: not the original drummer.
0: He was not the original drummer. No, they had uh,
2: they had several drummers.
0: Several drummers. The original drummer was this guy I went to high school with. Jeff and he's Greenberg. He's on the poster now. He's not on the poster. No, uh, no, he's actually a successful attorney here in town. I think he he jumped off the road and when, started getting when the tough. road was on fire. So, yeah. Right. 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 When and the
1: fog came, and then so they had jumped another, off the road when the, the fog came.
0: Right, right. <laughs> then they had a California drummer for a while, and then they had an Irish drummer, the guy uh, uh, Jim Riley from. Uh, yeah, I remember him. From uh, Stiff Little Fingers was their drummer oh, for the last okay. last few years. But uh, but all those guys were, were not available, I guess. I think that, that uh, middle drummer did possibly pass away. And then uh, Jim Riley's back in uh, in Scotland or something, or Ireland, I don't know, back the, over there. Did the,
2: the old people do any slam
0: dancing? Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> well, I had to point out, that's not how we danced then. There, there were, no, people the were not Red Rockers slam did Well, there was a lot of pogoing
2: uh, no, the first time No, the pogo around. was before...
0: Okay. Slam dancing and
2: doing the Red Rockers, sure. they were all for it because okay. I was against it because I was always concerned okay. some judge's daughter going to break her hip and you know who they're going to sue. Okay? Sure, sure. So I, in the beginning, you know, I let it go later, but I tried to put a stop to it. And it was funny because they laugh at it now because they're old men, but they put out some posters around the city it says no dance oppression at jimmy's uh. <laughs> 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 i'll bring that up to a okay often. Right. no they were in the slam dancing yeah, stage diving and, no, and all no, that no there was or. there was
0: a couple of guys that were much too young to have been at that scene who were attempting to do that in the back and uh, nobody was was enjoying no. that too much now we we're kind of <laughs> pushing them off to the side
2: but uh, 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 I have a story about Slam Dancing later. I'll tell. Oh well, you, you can tell it now. Well, place was packed. We had some new wave punk show in the club. Probably had 600 people, and I was doing my job, watching the bar, watching the door. And some guy comes up to the bar, and he says, I need an ambulance here right away. I said, what happened? He said, my friend dove off the stage, and no one caught him. (laughs) And so, think, think, I don't want no ambulance coming to Jimmy. So I gave him a bar towel, a clean one, by the way, too. Okay. I said, wrap this around his head, get in your car. Oxnard Hospital is five minutes away. He said, thanks. So I
0: I solved that problem. Quick thinking. Yeah, yeah, That guy
2: was Jeff
1: Landry, our new governor. Right. (laughs) <laughs> he needs to be slammed. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Jeff
0: Landry, uh, I, I, I saw that uh, Jeff Landry, yes, he's the governor elect. He's yeah. just elected uh, a, few, a few weeks ago. And he has, he's assembled his New Orleans transition team. Yes. You saw that?
1: Well, I heard about it. I I so so
0: it's, a, it's a whole bunch of guys. Now, you look at who the New Orleans... Now, I would, don't even know what that means, the New Orleans transition team. Uh, you know, he's the governor. He's, you know, I mean, he's the governor of the state of Louisiana, but a New Orleans transition... So I look at who's in it. It's all of LaToya Cantrell's, our current mayor, all of her enemies. Uh-huh. It's some of the people that ran the recall against her. Oh. um uh, a, f- a few other business people that she's maybe g- gotten uh, crossways with it's uh like oh lord here you go okay well yeah, uh, i also
1: know he t- he put out a uh, a team to help stop the coastal erosion mm. and it's uh like 18 guys And none of them are preservationists or ecologists or any of that.
0: Uh They're all oil guys? They're
1: just all oil guys, all (laughs) businessmen.
0: (laughs) What did you expect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, It's going to
1: be scary. This guy is scary. It's going to be really. Will be like scary. Florida
2: and Texas. Well, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah, yeah. you combine it. We already have the the uh, yeah. Republican Senate and 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 legislature here in Louisiana. So then you got this lunatic, uh, right wing nut job on in as governor. Who knows what kind of. Uh, What kind of shenanigans they're going to get up to.
1: Yeah, uh, it'd be good to hit a number and leave this state. (laughs) That's uh, that's my only dream right now, is to try to hit a number so I could leave this fucking state. It's going to be scary,
2: man. It's going to be real scary. Well. You know It's even scary now The way Trump is talking About everything He's talking about Being vindictive About all the people who Don't like him Oh yeah. he's got an um, enemies list For sure Oh yeah, he's yeah. like uh, Talking like Hitler uh, Well
0: uh, Mussolini at least the Mussolini oh, right. Yeah, right, right right
2: Venom he's talking about people Oh jeez you know.
0: Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. that's He was a
1: real disappointment, though, as president, don't you think? I thought he
2: was a real
0: disappointment. <laughs> Man, he had higher hopes. Yeah, a little, I, higher I, hope.
2: I, I always said he made Nixon look like a saint. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Nixon was a, was a statesman anyway, well, you know. He I was had, the most... He was
0: a Quaker. Sen- he, had a, he was a Quaker. He had a sense of shame, uh, you know, at, yeah. the, at the end of the day. He did... He, he was trying to do stuff, uh, at least uh, in secret. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and obviously... And, Trump.
1: and and he had so much shame that every night before he went to bed, he would walk on glass barefooted.
0: Huh. Okay. He did that, like uh, wise blood.
2: Well, yeah, that,
1: <laughs> and yeah, and uh, so you know, yeah, he was a lot worse than. But Trump's
2: said. a good Christian.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure of
2: course he is. Yeah, yeah. You and can... he's against abortion. How many abortions do you think he had with uh, his girlfriends? <laughs> Right, right. I right. wonder if he killed his sister though. Oh. His oh, okay. sister. I read. I bought the sister's book. Pretty good. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the the, the the you may I think you mean the niece. The niece the, wrote the a book. The niece, yeah, right, 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 the, right, sister, right, right, the niece, not the sister. The niece. I read that his, book. Sister was a federal I've been reading it. It's a, it's yeah, a good yeah. read. Also, in local news, I saw our our DA Jason Williams. We've spoken about him before. He has a new ad campaign out. I don't know if you've seen this on, on television. Uh-uh. It's where he comes on TV, and it's, uh, it must be a pretty big ad buy that I guess the city of New Orleans or you know the, the DA's office is paying for all this. He says, uh, you don't need a gun to have fun. <laughs> so it rhymes. It's kind of catchy, succinct. You don't need a gun to have fun, It's because like lo- I guess a lot of people thought you did, did need a gun to have fun. Nope. Well, that's uh, so.
1: I don't know who his marketing people are. So uh, you know, right. for
0: anyone who was who was thinking that Jason Williams is going to disabuse you of that that, uh, that notion, so <laughs> you don't need a gun to have fun. But you could use a
1: knife sure. to have fun. <laughs> Knives are always fun. Or fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, fentanyl. fentanyl's fun. <laughs> Flocka.
0: Flocka, mess, and a knife. And yeah. Yeah, 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 who knows? Yeah, yeah. well, Come he's on.
1: that guy. I
0: hooked You that guy. You know,
1: speaking of meth, I, I just saw this thing uh, today in Texas. The, uh, some uh, sheriff deputy in Texas uh, pulled over this guy who was pulling a trailer, and the trailer's signal lights weren't working well. So he we pulled him over, and the guy says, the driver says, Oh, how, what did I do off? He goes, Oh, your signal light's not working. And then the, the, the sheriff got a little suspicious, and he says, I want to look in your car. And the guy said, no problem. Go ahead, look in my car. And the guy pulls out of the, uh, his seat, gets out of his seat, and he grabs his, he's got a, a drink, you know, like a Coca-Cola with a lid on it. And he pulls out, and the guy's like, go ahead, look. And the sheriff looks, 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 back seat, trunk, everywhere. doesn't find anything. Little did the sheriff know that the guy's drink with the lid on it it, Mm -hmm. was filled with methamphetamine.
2: (laughs) Wow. Okay.
1: And the guy played it off perfectly.
2: All right. Yeah, go ahead. So uh." he got away with it?
1: No. No. I was going to say, how how did they
0: discover this?
1: (laughs) He made the mistake. I think he put the drink down or something. And I think he never sipped from it or anything. Uh That's the thing. Yeah. So... The sheriff, after this guy was there and he was cooperating, thought he was getting away with it. The last second, the sheriff said, uh, let me see your drink. Like he uh, thought maybe he was drinking
0: alcohol. Uh, right, right. That's what would have been my, my thought as the and cop was going to...
1: And it was you know, filled up to about this high with uh, meth. Wow. You know,
0: uh, you wouldn't think he could drink a whole cup of meth. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's actually a pretty good idea if you're thinking about it. You well, know, no one's going to say... You know, if it's got a lid on it, it looks like a cup of coffee, like For, Starbucks or right, something like right. that. Right, right. As
0: long as they don't think, it, like you said, it's alcohol or something. Right. You, know, you wouldn't yeah. want to have it like in a in a daiquiri. Uh, no, no. Of, you know, I mean, to, like, to a, go like a
1: Starbucks <laughs> or even a McDonald's. Right, so, right.
0: Sure. That would be a good. You know, he yeah. thought he got. He was that close. The so guy close, was that so close. close. We wouldn't have yeah. known the story though. He wouldn't have Well, the
1: uh, other thing that gave it away for him that he, he had no teeth. Okay, so <laughs> that was the other thing that gave it away. And he was like 28 years old. Yeah, no yeah. yeah, So that was a big giveaway. <laughs> sure, sure. And anyway, what else is happening with you, man?
0: Uh what else is happening? Well, you know, I had this thing in 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 the Costco parking lot today, and I, you know, you're
1: a Costco was, member.
0: I, I am a Costco member. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I am I've never found Costco to be... There's no advantage to me for Costco.
0: Well, uh, there used to be s- some things they carried that they sold them so cheap it was worth it just to... To, to pay
1: the membership. To
0: pay the membership for that. And there's still things that I, I will buy in, in in bulk that don't go bad, and I can use them. You know, I have places to store them, you know, pa- paper products, that kind of thing, you know, paper plates or, uh, you know, bananas I'll pick up when I'm there. I wouldn't go there for bananas. But anyway... Um, so this may seem petty, but it, this, this really chapped my hide, man. Uh, so I'm I'm pulling in, trying to get into the parking lot. It's a big long line of cars. It's not moving. I'm going, what the fuck is going on? What's taking so long? Finally, we we creep up to, to the closer to the front, get into the where you can park. And I see, oh, okay, this guy, one guy, a car is parked in the lane in the lane that he's just and then but the guy's sitting in there I'm going, what the fuck is this guy just sitting in there and he's oh, no. and as i pass him by i'm kind of gesticulating like you can't park there man then i drive past him and i go and immediately find a place to park it's very easy it's wasn't jammed up or anything so i i park and i start walking back i get my basket i still turn back around look at the guys oh actually you know, I, I was feeling a slightly nervy mood. So as I'm passing him, I, I come by and I go, hey, the wind roll down. I say, hey, man, you can't just sit there. That's a that's a, uh, a lane. You know, it's yeah. a lane. Yeah, yeah. You Not can't just park. It's dangerous. People are trying to walk here. Cars are having to go around you. You know, you're going to uh-huh. get somebody killed. And he's just kind of looking at me like I'm an idiot. You know, so uh so I, I I go in get have have my basket, I turn around, I see, oh, he was waiting that whole time to pull into this handicap space
1: oh. that
0: someone was taking a long time to get out of you know some handicap persons loading yeah. their groceries. they finally get out yeah. I thought, oh okay well maybe i was I was a little bit off base there, you know cause this guy needs the handicap space, and he does have a handicapped uh, uh you know decal you can see hanging. I thought well. Since I've spent this much time on this guy, let me see how handicapped he is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for him to get out of his car. Uh, <laughs> so now you can imagine how this story turns out. So he gets out of the car. He grabs a basket, comes jauntily, pushing the basket, walking towards me, walking as good as you or I, yeah. walking better than, than a lot of people I know. Uh, I was so incensed. He uh, slashed
1: his tires.
0: How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had I was so incensed I had to tell the greeter there. I was like, look, I gotta tell somebody this, and you're here, so I'm gonna tell you. I said, "You see that motherfucker right there?"
1: <laughs> He's not handicapped. I
0: said, "I uh, told him the whole story, and he looked at me like." Watch
2: your language. I'm a Quaker. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm only teasing. That's all right. We we like the Quakers on the really show, man. Good. Yeah, yeah. I we're, curse a lot. Yeah, I'll well, tell you well, my I'll tell you my cursing story
1: later. Ninety okay? percent of those people aren't handicapped. They just <laughs> get a note from a doctor or something like that. Uh,
0: you know, well, not not just was it a drag that he was taking up all the time and creating this this yeah. this hazard here, you know uh, that a- at the end of the day, somebody who's actually handicapped might need, need that spot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you got somebody with a walker or something struggling from across the parking lot, so this yeah. asshole can sit there and you know, and he gets out of the car and he's got like these these kind of light blue short shorts, like uh, <laughs> like Wilt Chamberlain uh, era basketball shorts. You well, know? you
1: know, back in the nineties, being uh, <laughs> my guy. old buddy. Uh, Dick Rude, uh-huh. we would be at shopping, you know, centers and, and parking lots, and if we saw a person with a handicap thing, parking in one of our spaces, <laughs> we'd beat the shit out of them. Okay, <laughs> that's
0: what we would do. Uh, turn about is fair play. Yeah, hey, so. listen, yeah,
1: you're yeah, handicapped. Right. You've got your own fucking space, right? man. This is my space. <laughs> okay, you know, uh, we would do that. I uh, see where uh, you're
0: coming from. Yeah,
1: but it w- it got a little out of control. Anyway, yeah. uh, well, that's you know, that happens, <laughs> man. You know, one day you might have one of those tags.
0: <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I have had them because I've had, like, uh, you know, my parents' vehicle and my father has a tag legitimately. and But, you know, I don't go use them. <laughs> I don't go park in a handicapped spot, even if I have a tag. Because, you know, like I said, I can walk. I never get the thing with people where they wait for a space closer to the, the, the entrance. If you park at the farthest spot in the parking lot you can yeah. still walk there in a matter of seconds it's well, no. Like i a- always
1: park as far as way as possible because i don't want anyone near my car
2: okay well yeah. the stupidest thing go. when people i go to the gym they try to park as close as they can but they're there for exercise right, right. why don't they walk <laughs> away
0: there you go jimmy there yeah. you go there you go Pe- people are do not think these things through no. man not yeah well all.
2: you know
1: People are the worst. They are the worst. They're the worst. But anyway, I, I wanted to talk about. I don't know if okay. you heard it. but yeah, uh, There's a, um, a a new Beatles song.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, about? yeah. I've yeah, heard that. We, yeah, we've yeah. heard that. Yeah. Now
1: and then, right? Now and then, mm-hmm. and they basically they they got some re- cassette recordings of John Lennon singing on the piano and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the rest of the guys uh, they they wrote. I guess they wrote the other instrumental parts for it. And then right. they recorded it. And now they just released it. Mm -hmm. But did they record it like about 20 years ago or something?
0: Um, They they started to work on it because it was part of that that whole trove of uh, three or four songs that like, uh, um, uh, you know, those songs they released about 20 years ago. They started to work on this one then, but the the piano was so loud uh, in comparison to the voice, it was all bled together Uh. that they couldn't make a so usable track out of it with they've technology been able, they've been able to separate uh, those two things and get the voice so, on a yeah. separate track so i
1: listened to it mm-hmm. for the first time over the weekend and i thought wow this sounds pretty good and then about i'd say 90 seconds into the song all of a sudden, you hear Yoko Ono just screaming <laughs> on it. It was like, what the hell is this about? Why would they put that in?
0: There? It must be an alternate uh, alternate take or something. I don't I know.
1: Didn't... Maybe I listened to the B side. Yeah, maybe sure.
0: I didn't hear I had that one. No idea, well, I'm but it was just though. like
1: you know, it's okay. like John singing and they're playing the piano and right. the group's happening right. and the background vocals yeah. and then all of a sudden. You hear her
0: Uh-huh, okay <laughs> so, Not what you thought, because she was never in the Beatles
1: No, she, she was not in the Beatles <laughs> but, but everyone says she broke up the Beatles well, and I don't buy that right, at all Right, right I don't
0: now, buy that at Now all. you, going back to Yoko uh, the, the, the Peter Jackson documentary yes. You pointed out that uh, a good way to watch that documentary was Just to watch her Just focus on Yoko
1: yes And also, if you notice, everyone said Yoko was always there, and she was, you know, got in the way. But if you watch that documentary, Paul, uh, Linda McCartney's there all the time. They're chatting
0: it up like band girls, you know. Yeah, they're
1: having a ball. So you know, why did maybe Linda McCartney broke up the band? and ringo 's wife was there, that chick, and then george harrison 's girl had some monks
0: George yeah. Harrison had some monks there, who, yeah you know, so it 's you know, easy to point fingers, man,
1: yeah, I, I think cause she was foreigner or something like that
0: yeah I don't yeah well, i don 't know people yeah. are people are cruel. I
2: people had a chance think. to see the Beatles when I was on an aircraft carrier. We were overseas, and this is kind of when they first came out in my uh, my tour of duty was like about 12 months in the Mediterranean Sea And the Beatles were playing, I think, in Barcelona And that was one of our ports And mm-hmm. I had a chance to see them But back then, I mean, I loved the Beatles But I wasn't a big Beatles fan I thought they were like maybe too pop And I always regret saying I could have seen the Beatles Yeah You yeah. <laughs> took a pass but, uh, yeah. but, the Kinks, but the Kinks came on our ship and they performed first Oh, cool Yeah they lip-synced on the, on the flight deck of the carrier, but oh. they were there performing. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. They didn't actually play. It was too well, too yeah. windy or yeah, something. I, yeah, no, whatever.
2: Yeah, right, right, right. But the so Kings came on. It can ship. be
0: tough on a ship, man. I played on this cruise ship uh, last uh, earlier this year. Yeah. And uh, you know, you have some wind when you're out there in the open seas. It can be impossible to to play. You know. Well, That's, they didn't play
2: when it was at sea. It was okay, at port. At port. I got you. All right. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, man, do you have anything else or should we... come Yeah, we I just want to let everyone okay. know
1: that the uh, 98th Hide and Seek Tournament was just uh, uh, finished over the weekend. Hmm. And once again, winning for like the nine, uh, 41st year in a row, Bigfoot. Okay, he has won for the forty-first year he's, in a he's row. He's had a good run. Yeah, and uh, no one can find him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a good hi- hider. A good There's hider. Not that very good seekers, but Bigfoot wins again. Okay. And also in the news, uh, apparently, this was crazy. Uh, Amelia Earhart finally landed at LAX. She <laughs> landed. So uh, that's crazy going. It's about, time. To that. It's about yeah, time. About time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, go ahead, introduce our guest.
0: Right on, right on. Well, uh, it's a terrific guest we have here. He's, uh, he was the owner-operator of Jimmy's Music Club on Willow Street, uh, which was like the ground zero for the New Orleans punk scene, as well as uh, uh, many Roots acts that that played there. Also was the... The previous to that, owner of uh, Coeds and Quasimodos. Uh, Grew up in the French Quarter, gonna get into all that. He's also, he's received uh, uh, the Offbeat Lifetime Achievement Award. He's a Louisiana Music Hall of Fame inductee. And uh, he's also, uh, as he said, a uh, a veteran of, of the U.S. Navy. He served aboard the USS Saratoga. Without further ado, the great Mr. Jimmy Anselmo. Welcome, hey, Jimmy. Thank
2: you. Thank you for having me. It's okay, a so right off
0: the bat, you want to correct me now? Please uh, well, correct exactly, me.
2: Exactly, because when I first opened Jimmy's, you know, I wanted to have all kinds of music. Mm. Originally, it was going to kind of be like, you know, rhythm and blues. My first night I opened with Little Queenie and the Percolators. Right. Second night was uh, uh, the Neville Brothers. Okay. And what year was this? This was in '78. I opened in April. Okay. 8th, 1978. Oh, okay. And now, if
0: you notice, I didn't say that that's all you did. I just oh, said okay. that it was well, Ground I, I, Zero. I said
2: that because it was difficult sometimes to get other bands, you know, who weren't punk bands to play my club. Because my club was a venue. I remember Marsha Ball's management, uh, at, they were playing the Maple Leaf. And I wanted her over at Jimmy's, and her manager was saying, well, you don't want to play there. It's a punk club.
0: Oh, okay. And
2: I said to her, I said, well, when the Neville brothers play here, the punks are not here. Right. And when the punks are there, the Neville's crowd's not there.
0: Right, right. Well, because you had, like, Ernie Cato play uh, there. I had, all, had all the uh, New Orleans uh, every, Yeah, right, every, everybody. Right. I, the, the first time I saw the radiators, it was, it was there at Jimmy's.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I, I changed that uh, mindset. <laughs> right. You covered the waterfront. You were yeah, running absolutely. a because I wanted everything there at Jimmy's. You wanted you wanted
0: Bands that were going to be good that would fill up the room.
2: Exactly, sure, exactly,
0: as any club owner does. Hmm. Um, well, so Jimmy, let's let's go back. Let's get a little bit of your uh, your your New Orleans background. Uh, you know, uh, so y- you did. Uh, you're born in New Orleans, I assume. Correct. And uh, Anselmo, you guys must be Sicilian, huh? Correct. In fact, your dad was a was a legendary uh, prize fighter, right? Correct. And and uh, after his career, so he went by he was
2: uh, Jimmy Anselmo Sr., but he
0: went by Jimmy King.
2: The reason why? Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of prejudice against Sicilian Italians in New Orleans. They didn't like them here because they worked with the black people. They had uh-huh. businesses and they had they had stores. They served them and everything. They weren't and, down and with the they, kind of discrimination. They, they yeah. were resented by that. So sure. a lot of Italians, most of them, did. they changed their name. Best of my dad is a, is a boxer so he can get work around right, the country. Right. Changed it to King, Jimmy King. And a lot of boxers from New Orleans, the bantamweight champion of the world from New Orleans, his name was Pete Herman. His real oh. last name was Galata.
0: Oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. Galata. Uh, okay. That was his
2: boxing name. All uh, right. You heard of Diamond Jim Moran? Yeah. yeah. He, he was a boxer, okay. And uh-huh. his real last name was uh, Bracada. Okay. So that's how it was then. So my dad was a boxer. He boxed all over Europe, the country. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the
0: dog Christ. is getting in on the act. Okay. Oh, Juan must be here, huh? Is that Juan's filthy know. animal?
2: Okay. Um, and he boxed for about 10 years. He boxed in Europe, he boxed in South America. And after his boxing career, he uh, was good friends with Louis Prima and Leon Prima. Okay. Leon Prima had a club on Bourbon Street called Prima's 500 Club Mm -hmm. back in the 30s, and my dad worked for him as a bouncer. And then he opened his first nightclub up not too far away on Bienville Street, and he named it the Little Blue Room.
0: Now, just the way you say Prima, that's the way my father would say their name. Am Am I pronouncing it wrong? No, most people would say Louis Prima. But that's the way. Prima. That's the way my father would <laughs> say. That's <dad>. New Orleans. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so uh, after working as a bo- as a bouncer, your dad. Uh, my dad opened, opened a club, club called
2: the Little Blue Mo- Blue Room. It was across the street from Arnold's Restaurant, and it was like a live music club mm-hmm. too. Okay and he had black entertainers but they couldn't they didn't socialize with the white people and that's how it was on bourbon street and uh, he he opened it up in 1936 and he was there oh, until till about 19 I think uh about 1947 okay. then he opened up a place called the Mardi Gras Lounge on Bourbon it was called Jimmy King's Mardi Gras Lounge 333 Bourbon Street and he had live music there. He had some pretty famous people played there. Uh, Papa Celestine. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played there, and he was there for for, for a long time. And then. Uh,
0: and you were a little kid when when he had when he had well, the Mardi Gras.
2: Yeah, I was born in 1944, so I re- I don't remember the little blue room, but I do remember. The Mardi Gras Lounge As a little boy Things I can remember I'd get up on the bandstand Doing the daytime When they weren't open There's your friend <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> And uh, I'd play with the drum kit I thought it was a toy uh-huh. And my yeah, dad It is a says, toy And my dad <laughs> said The musician's gonna come in He's gonna kick your little ass boy you Yeah know? Okay daddy You know So I had fun doing that Now did y'all live in the French Quarter At this time? Well my parents divorced When I was about five years old Oh Okay, okay? But I would spend the weekends with my dad. He had apartments. He had an apartment above the Mardi Gras Lounge and his other businesses. He always had. He, he always had apartments <laughs> close by. Fucking you know, animals, he uh, he, he always to stiff wanted to be. That dog. Sorry, he, Jimmy. That's okay. He always wanted to be close to his business, and and I learned from that because when I was at Jimmy's and my other clubs, I was always five minutes away
0: because you got to be on close. top of it
2: because uh, uh, abs- it's, a, ab- it's a cash business ab- ab- people ab- will steal from it absolutely so and, i was and, always you know, close by exactly
0: now as a little kid in the french quarter in the in the the early 50s correct uh, correct uh, what, what was the what was the quarter like at that time
2: well you know i can remember uh you know it was exciting to me you know sure. uh, i mean Walking around Bourbon Street, you know, looking into strip clubs and all of that, right. you know. And
0: people knew who you were. Oh, right? of course, because the, they knew my the dad. Street, my right?
2: dad was well known. My dad was like the the king of Bourbon Street. That okay. was his name. King, okay. Right. And he was very well respected. All his friends called him King Kong. Okay. And his <laughs> he friend, was a he was a
0: big guy too. Yeah, he was I've six foot three, seen right. Pictures of him. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then uh, they would shorten it, they'd call him, hey, Kong, Kong. Yeah. Kong. Okay. <laughs> so, and then he, uh, after the Mardi Gras lounge, he had a black nightclub, him and a, 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 his Jewish friend, An Italian and a Jew owned a black nightclub. Now, I was
0: going to ask you, is that Nick Carno?
2: <laughs> no, I forgot his name, but okay, it was but right.
0: Did you know the, the Carno family? Yes, I knew him okay. very well,
2: okay. But his club was right uh, on Gravier Street by the old Greyhound bus station, by Canal Street and okay. he had entertainment there and I wish I, I, I've tried Google a few times to find out some of the entertainers that he had there you know uh-huh. black entertainers and I even talked to Dave Bartholomew and he said he played there yeah back in the '50s and then after that he uh, uh, he decided to live the farm life he had a, like a ranch across the lake uh, right outside of Slide and I had a great dad. He uh, bought me a horse to ride, and he was so oh, much, wow. you know, really cool daddy. And then uh, after his days over there, he opened up a restaurant on Bourbon Street called King's Barbecue. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. It was, in, it was in 400 block of Bourbon. And I worked for him, you know, behind the counter making sandwiches, and I uh, was also the delivery boy.
0: That was when you were a teenager, right? teenager
2: I was mm-hmm. 14, 15. And one of the great things about that job— I would get to deliver in the strip clubs, <laughs> and not only in the clubs, I would go in the dressing room for the ladies and yeah. bring them their food. And they didn't and care no, what, what what you saw. No, no, I was with <laughs> my eyes wide open, and that I'd go to school and boast about it, and sure. and all my friends would say, "Jimmy, get me a job at your dad's place." So no, that's for the owner. You know what I mean? So that was pretty colorful aspect of my yeah, life. Yeah, must you know? have, must
0: have uh, you had some status. Uh.
2: Absolutely, and and what was your your mother, this whole time? Well, my mother met my mother was from Paducah, Kentucky, Kentucky, and my mom came here with a couple of girlfriends doing right before World War II, Strippers. maybe 1940. You know, no, she wasn't a stripper. Oh, okay. And uh, they, the uh, story about her was they got to the New Orleans, a couple of our girlfriends, and my dad always hired a lot of. Uh, waitresses, because he always said that if you have a lot of women in your club, you'll have a lot of men.
0: Yeah, dad really? was smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh
2: they went a cab one day, and I remember this story, well, I used to hear about it, and uh they were, the cab driver said, are y'all looking for work? You know, my mom was very pretty, and her girlfriend said, so, and they said, well, the little blue room is looking for waitresses. So they went to the little blue room, got a job as a waitress there, and the rest is history. Okay, <laughs> nice. So uh, and that's where You know my mom was from Purdue, Kentucky You know Right but she remained here After the Yeah she remained here You know she got the house You know let daddy left it You know the house And she uh, lived in New Orleans Most of her life You know And I, I, I kind of tried to Did she ever remarry? No never did She didn't Wow, wow. So she spent a, little, spent a little bit of time with my daddy on the weekends, and I live with my mom, and on the weekends, I'd spend in mm. my dad's apartment. Now, where'd you go to, to elementary school? I went to that little... Well, I went to a Catholic school called St. Augustine okay. in Treme. All right. And luckily, my mother pulled me out because the nuns were beating the fuck out of me.
0: <laughs> was that... Because there's that St. Saint, Saint Augustine church there. Is that where... Yes, that, yes, that's, yes. That's where the school the, was? Okay. Yes.
2: And I went there to the third grade, and they kept me behind... Maybe two years, oh, okay, because I, you know, and then I went to the public school, McDonald Fifteen in the French Quarter. Okay. Okay, and I went from a failing student to an A B student because uh-huh. I could relate to the teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me? And then after that, I went to Colton Junior High. Oh,
0: that's where my father went to junior uh, high. Okay, school and
2: then I graduated from Nichols High School. Okay. Okay.
0: And then, but the, you you get into the, the Navy Reserve when you're in... Uh,
2: yeah, in, I, when high I was school. in high school, I was a junior in high school, I joined the Navy Reserve, and my commitment was uh, two years active duty after graduation and uh, four years reserve.
0: Now, was this during the Vietnam era that yes, you wound it, up serving? Yes,
2: I'm a Vietnam veteran. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh,
0: did y'all ever get close to the action? No, or?
2: we were in the Mediterranean Sea with the okay. F- Sixth Fleet, and... Uh, Even with Vietnam, they kept the fleet there in the Mediterranean. Sure, because who
0: knows what's going to pop off. There's always
2: two carriers there all the time in the Mediterranean. So that was pretty colorful. I worked on the flight deck, moving planes around, and got to see Europe. We were over there for almost a year. Saw the Kinks. Could have seen seen the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I got to see Barcelona, Valencia, Spain, Cannes, France, uh, Naples, Italy, Genoa, Italy. I went to Rome for three days. Nice. Athens, Greece. Ever get to go to Sicily? No, I never did. I was supposed to go there with my sister one time, and it kind of fell apart. One of these days, I'll get there. There you go. But one of the exciting things about Cannes, France, all the sailors were crazy because it was a topless beach. Uh Uh-huh, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is like in 64, you know? So that was pretty pretty interesting. Sure, you know.
0: sure. They did. They hadn't uh, grown up in the strip clubs like you had. So, oh, was, exactly. That, that I was, was, I, was, was I was new to them. I was used to so that. It was old hat for you. <laughs> right. So so you come back from uh, from from your tour and uh, you you get into to you you have your first club. Is that well co-edits? before
2: that? You know, my okay. brother-in-law owned clubs on Bourbon Street. He owned a place called Madame Francine's, Guys and Dolls, and he owned a place called Papa Joe's. Mm -hmm. But going back maybe before I went to work at Papa Joe's, I met Dr. John at Madame Francine's when, you know, I was working at my dad's restaurant, okay? Mm -hmm. And he was really nice to me, inviting me in one time to see his show, okay? And uh, so that was really cool And I always wanted When I had Jimmy's To have Dr. John perform Right, and he did Right, And and I did many times Yeah, yeah So when I got out the Navy I wasn't sure what I wanted to do I was thinking maybe I can get a job At the airport Directing planes And Mm -hmm. things like that But my sister had a job lined up for me For working at Papa Joe's On Bourbon Street and it was now. Was like,
0: that in the six hundred block of Bourbon? Like,
2: <clears throat> no. So it
0: wasn't what the Bob, Papa Joe's was when it was Ron Dodge. No, no this Joe's. was the okay. Papa
2: Joe's. It was a music club. Uh-huh. It was a strip club and, and doing at night. And after the strippers were off, they had a jam session there, mm-hmm. which start at two thirty in the morning. Okay. And the jam session band was consisted of Freddie Fender, Skip Eastlin. Little Joe Lambert, right? Uh, Freddie Fender, I said there, and uh, who else? Joey Long, this guitar player from Houston.
0: Now I, I, I saw that uh, today, and Little Joe Lambert. So when I was a kid, I was playing. I must have been fourteen years old. I was playing in this wedding band, and Little Joe Lambert got called in as a sub drummer one time. Mm-hmm. This was when after Freddie Fender had had uh, his, uh, f- his hits. So Lil' Joe was playing with him, but he was off the road, and he came in and, and played. and we, we played this gig together, like I said. He was a, right. a grown man, professional, been playing for years. On the break, he pulled me aside, and he said, Hey, look, this is a good place for you to be playing with these guys because you get some, a lot of experience playing, you're making some money. He said, But understand, these guys are not serious. You, are, you know, you are, you are bigger than this. You know, and it really meant a lot to me, man. Like, the Little Joe, well, I told my parents that, my mother goes, oh, sh- he shouldn't have told you that. That's terrible. My father, who's a musician, goes, no, no, that was really nice. That was really nice of him to say. No, that was, a, like, a, maybe, like, a year later, uh, they were on the road, and they, they had, uh, like, a bus crash
2: on the... the, the exactly. The, he the, died the, in a but crash. Bu- and and
0: Little Joe Lambert was killed in the oh, Freddie right. Fender bus crash.
2: But at Papa Joe's... uh. I got out the Navy in November of 65, and uh, my sister says, you're coming to work for us. So I I didn't... (laughs) They had a bartender who broke me in. His name was Frank Franguzza. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and he kind of showed, showed me the ropes yeah. about being a bartender. And this was a cool place, and I made a lot of money in tips, and I had a lot of romance with women because all the women went there. Okay. All the strippers, the waitresses, all the bar people from Bourbon Street, when they got off of work, they went to Papa Joe's for the jam session. Okay, And okay. I was there every night. I was off one day a week for the jam session session and uh waitresses and bartenders and the strippers they all tip really well mm-hmm. i went from making uh 130 a month to making uh 250 a night yeah in wow. tips wow so tips was really really good yeah man. and uh and uh, a lot of money back. love life days. was really good too i got my first apartment okay. bought a car And uh, so, yeah, things were looking up. Things were looking up. You're banging women, man. Oh my God! But still, I made some good decisions. I remember the bartender Frank Frangusa. He kept on trying to be an agent for me, being a pimp. And I didn't want to be a pimp.
0: (laughs) so so I didn't realize that you have the pimp, and then the agent has a pimp has an agent. Uh, Okay, it's a no, not exactly. He was just telling
2: me, oh, so and so really digs you. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, all right. right. She makes five, six hundred a night. That would be your money. I said, no, no. Wow. I I don't need that. I'm making good money every night. There you go. All right, honest guy. The thought of going to bed with a woman that's been to bed with twenty guys didn't appeal to me. Sure, I hear you. 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 yeah. So my pimp days were lost. Yeah. Right, and right, right. I didn't want yeah. that. So I well, worked. Well, well, you still got it, man. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, an man. old man. I'm uh, 79. He's, he's got a full yeah, head of hair. Look, yeah. uh, look at the set of hair on this guy, man. Holy
0: yeah. moly! Well, These guys would kill
2: for that. Jesus. I, 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 I used to dye it. I stopped dyeing it about 12 years ago. Yeah, no, it looks better white. Thank uh, you. I, thank I, I you. love the white.
0: Um, well, uh, Jimmy, I, this, I'm, I'm so into the story, and we're, we're going to pick it up, but uh, we're yeah, about yeah, that we time. Got, we need we have to
1: take to, a break. Yeah. And uh, the troubled nation knows the drill, so we'll be right back. Okay,
2: and I won't be a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> when you're smiling. When you're smiling. When you're smiling. When you're smiling. And the whole world smiles with you. Smiles with
1: you. And when you're laughing. When you're laughing. Oh, you're laughing. you're laughing. Oh. You're when the sun comes shining through. shining through, When you're crying, when you're crying. you bring on the rain. On Stop the rain. your sight. Won't, Won't you be happy again? Happy again. When, you're when you're smiling, Keep
2: on smiling.
1: Keep on smiling. And the world will smile. <laughs>
0: we're back back with mr manny chevrolet i am renee coman back with our guest mr jimmy anselmo some now, uh, Jimmy. Dog, yeah, man. the dog is—he's—he's uh, he's getting a little fresh, I gotta say. Um, now, Jimmy, I know you're brand new to the podcast. In fact, uh, you were asking me, how do you listen to not just this podcast, but how do you listen to any podcast? So thats, I, that's I think a good so. question. It's a—it's a good. I, it's a, I think problem. so. It's a
2: legitimate question. I, anyway, m- a matter of fact, I didn't even know what a podcast <laughs> was. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. I sure. Did, well, know now. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, It's—it's yeah. like
0: a radio show that you can yeah, listen I'm to. I'm aware of that. Right, right, But anyway. Uh, the the longtime listeners of of the show will know that uh, we've we've had our issues with uh, sponsorship, and uh, we've we've thrown all that to the wind. We, we've given up on on any corporate kind of backing. We're 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 giving it to the people, right, Manny? Yeah, we're, uh, we're, well, I haven't
1: given up on some corporate sponsors. <laughs> well, I'd like a corporate sponsor. Okay, well, any maybe. All right, sponsor. all right.
0: Corporate sponsors, we're, yeah. we're open to, to any suggestions. But in the yeah. meantime, we're uh, we're relying on uh, listener support. Yes. And and uh, to that end, we have the Venmo uh, link in the show notes and the PayPal link in the show notes and uh, also in the... the Facebook page uh, it's it's all there all the links are there and again uh, we last week we gave a shout out to our long time our long time listener and frequent supporter Bill Pichette yeah. and uh, I said that he had Contributed uh, in honor of your birthday, Manny oh. and, and that there were several drinks that involved And oh. so these are He's still uh, carrying over tonight So oh. shout out to Bill Pichette Thank yet again. you, Bill And we have to always uh, keep in mind Dave Clements Who is uh, a, a big sponsor of the show in, in so many ways You know, we're here in the The Clempire Here in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge Where he is has he uh, rolled out the red the, the, the dirty carpet for us. And uh, so so can't forget Dave. And he uh, hasn't given us any money, has he? Well no, but he's the, the drinks will always flow here. So you Uh-oh. know he's definitely uh, we've gotten some consideration, plenty of consideration from brother Dave Clements. And uh, let's see, beyond that, uh, follow us on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook. uh, uh, Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us five stars. Uh, Helps us out a lot. Costs you nothing. Um, What else? Uh, We have the T-shirts. Again, Troubleman Podcast T-shirts. Several styles and uh, colors and... And uh, men and women's size sizes, all the most popular sizes, all the unpopular sizes. You can get them up to I don't know. I probably get like a 4X. I think I saw one of our listeners uh, uh, modeling a 4X, which is a big boy shirt. I'll tell you what. Was it a guy or a gal? It was a guy. Is my oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Oh wait, here I got you. Here you go. Here, there. You got to turn That's that better. turn that thing on. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, all right, Jimmy. Okay. okay now <laughs> now okay. you can hear me. Now he- yeah, yeah, you got to put the speaker part of the headphones. Do you know where you are
1: right
2: now, Jimmy? I'm loaded. <laughs> 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 Too much pop walking in the door. Right, right. I caught a
0: contact high walking, walking See, through the hookah that's bar. That's Rene, and <laughs> okay. I'm Manny. Manny right. Fernandez? <laughs> no, no,
2: no,
1: man. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin. Oh. There you go. I thought Mandy, you looked Mandy familiar. Patuka? Yeah, yeah, Patuka Luca. Patuka Chuka. Luca.
0: Yeah. Okay, so um, um, uh, uh, I think we, we may have uh, dispensed with all that. Look out for uh, the iguanas out on the road or, uh, you know, uh, out on the street. But, uh, okay, enough of that. Back to our guest, Mr. Jimmy Anselmo. Now, so, Jimmy, you're you telling us how you're, you're there working at Papa Joe's, but... Uh, you, you you must have a, a yearning to be your own boss. So well, well, I tell, m- tell us about getting uh, your first, because we need to keep okay, moving I'll on here. You know, that, we want to get to Jimmy. So, but uh,
2: working at Papa Joe's, I was my own boss. Matter okay. of fact, I was like the manager of the jam session, okay? okay. And uh, I got paid $13 a night, and that's what Freddie Fenn and the band got paid. They got paid... And, and, 30, and what year is this? 60, uh, 65 and 66.
1: Now, Freddy Fender, was he Hispanic?
2: Yes, oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah. He just got yeah. out of Angola. Angola. Yeah, yeah. He oh. went there for a
0: joint. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but Freddie Fenders, Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah.
2: from around Brownsville, Texas. No, it's Fender, short for Fernandez. I don't know. Just the Fender guitar. That's what he picked. Yeah, up. Yeah, I don't. Right? I don't think right. that's
0: his birth name.
2: And he was yeah, a cool yeah. guy. I got to be friends with all the music. Uh, Joey Panino. I'm still friends with. He was the saxophone player in the band. Okay. So uh, getting back to mm-hmm. my days in my first club. I'd worked at Papa Joe's for a year. I, I met my first wife. She just happened to come in the club. We became friends and lovers and we got married and I wanted to open my own business and I had an uncle who would put people in business. Now, Yet- now
0: just to go back a, a little bit. Okay. Um, the the club business, was, this is was still, uh, New Orleans is very uh, mobbed up to a certain degree. The rackets were still going on. This is this uh, is uh, before but, but, Jim that's, Garrison.
2: That was kind of exaggerated a oh, lot okay. of that shit. Really? Okay? okay. You know, I could tell you, I remember when Jim Garrison busted all the places on Bourbon Street for bee drinking, okay? Right. And... Uh, And that wasn't a good thing. You know, I'll tell you some stories about the bee drink. You want to hear one of my stories? Sure. Okay. I was working at my dad's club, uh, not his restaurant, okay? And I can remember one of the club's... uh, Uh, They were almost closing, and some guy was standing outside because the bee drinking thing, the way it worked is it was all orchestrated, okay? guy would come in there, you know what I mean, and the stripper would say, uh, would you like to sit in the back booth with me, you know what I mean? She might grab him on the leg close to his dick, okay, and get all excited. And uh, they would bring drinks, and what they would do, the drinks were kind of pricey, would you buy me a drink? And they had a drink. When they put the napkin on, the waiter would do that where she could spit the, 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 the alcohol back in this other glass, and the waiter kept dumping that other glass out, okay? And then it would go up to, maybe she'd grab a little bit further, could you buy me some champagne? Mm-hmm. And it was rat gut champagne for like $30 a bottle, okay? Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, so after he was busted out, they'd kick him out the club, <laughs> 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 he didn't get anything but a hard-on. That was it, okay? Right, 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 and right. that was bee drinking. Sure. Bee, those were bee girls. I mean, prostitution was better than that because they didn't get anything out of it except a, uh, a hard-on. That was it. So Garrison stopped all of that. So that's my okay. bee drinking. But right. I wanted to be my own club and everything, so I had an uncle, a Tack Amusement Company. Oh, and, okay. that's, and he... Put people in business Because he would put his pinball machines And jukebox oh, yeah. in there no, Okay, I've... That way you were able to go in business You could pay the loan off with the pinball machines And the jukebox And my first club was uptown called Coeds And I paid $13,000 for it Okay now, was for the
0: building or just the no, business? No, no, that's just, just for the business,
2: business okay. okay? So, you know, I paid my uh, my note to him off the money I made, okay? Uh-huh. Now, it was just, at the time, it was like a lounge, something like this, and I wanted Now, more. where was that? That was 800 block of South Carrollton by the Riverbend area. Oh, okay. A few blocks from uh, St. Charles. Okay, yeah. Okay, right, yeah. Right. So, that was my first club, was 800 South Carrollton, and uh, I... Uh, I remember talking to some college students About bringing their fraternity there You know what I mean Mm -hmm. And uh, I told them that I would hire the president You know, he'd bring his fraternity Right (laughs) So I started getting a lot of the college students there And everything And then, uh, you know, and I kind of Filled the place up pretty much You know, on the weekends and all Is that
0: like in the block where Madigan's is? That's or?
2: that's where my place was, that's that, was that's that was Coed's That was Coed's, okay That's all co-eds. Right. But I wanted all the fraternities there And I didn't realize that they didn't get along very well You know, mm-hmm. if one fraternity was there Oh, that's, you know, UBL fraternity We don't hang there, okay, okay. And, uh, Is this so Tulane and Loyola? This was mostly Loyola okay. And Tulane students too, okay, okay? So, uh did you try uh, to
1: pimp them out?
2: No, my pimping days were over. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. okay. And I never was a pimp. <laughs> sure, sure. They were they were very brief. <laughs> I yeah, turned yeah, it yeah. down. Okay. Right, sure, yeah. So, uh, one of the fraternities was pretty rowdy. I'm not going to mention their name cuz I'm friends with all of the them, dicks. okay? No, I won't okay, say the name, right. okay? And one night they came after their Roman orgy party and they kind of tore up the place a little bit, you know? So I kicked them all out of there. The whole fraternity. And they came in the next night, and said, no, y'all are bored. So I'm doing this, and I don't have any business. <laughs> and I uh-huh. said to myself, how am I going to start my business, you know, without this? And I decided to have, being ladies' night. Okay. So I made some flyers up. I distributed them around Dominican College, and I said, ladies' night at co-eds. And the first one I had, the place was packed, okay? So I started packing the club, you know, every Thursday, and that... You know, contribute to more people coming other nights to the place. So that's how I restarted my business after now, kicking.
0: Now, now, what were drinks... What What did a drink cost at that time? Well,
2: I was... I gave a keg of beer away. When the keg was out, that was it, but it was... They could right, drink free. Right, but if you wanted
0: to order a highball or something... Oh, it was, was it? probably... Like a, 85 cents or probably something. Probably a dollar, a dollar. A beer was well, maybe... What year is this? 70,
2: 1967. Okay, all right. So okay. this is still... You still got 10 more years to go before we get to oh, Okay, so we're at Coeds. I did... I did <laughs> did pretty well there, and I wanted to open up another nightclub. So they had an empty space not too far. This was about 70, 72. I opened up another bar called Quasimoto's. Quasimodo's. Quasimodo's. From, yeah, from now, empty space. I remember that. I opened that up in 72. Uh-huh. I sold the other place, Coeds. I did well there, but I used the money to build Quasimodo's. And where was and that? That was a block away from Manigan's co eds on Willow Street. I okay. mean, I'm in on Maple Street. Okay. Block away. So I did pretty well there. You know what I mean? Pretty, you know, I had. Uh, and I it used seems to g- so residential, some of that area. Did you get complaints? Yeah, still, well, I always had complaints. Yeah. A lot of residents by
0: Jimmy's. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, absolutely. But it was, the, these were both small clubs. They held yeah, like hundred people. They, were small clubs. You couldn't,
2: they couldn't be like a music venue. No, no. So I uh, I used to go to Deja Vu. I used to like to go there late at night, and I really loved their sound system they had okay. there at Deja Vu. And I says, okay, I want a sound system at Quasimodo's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... Put together a real good sound system there, and I had all the good dance music, you know, for dancing and everything, and uh and I did pretty well with that. But I, uh after so many years, I I, I said to myself, Jimmy, where are you going to be at another five years or ten years from now? So I wanted a bigger nightclub, and. Uh, Al Pellegrini, who owned where Jimmy's is right now, he mm-hmm. had a pool hall and he used to stop in Quasimodo's and he says, You ought to check out my place. I got it for sale. I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, so I went and looked at it one day. It was a pretty dilapidated old pool hall, but I saw the space and the potential. You know what I mean?
0: I, I, so, I read that that uh, at that time the pool hall was kind of, uh, as you say, it was uh, waning. That it was mostly uh, guys hanging out from after the, the methadone, methadone clinic.
2: Yeah, no it, was, <laughs> no, it was a rough place. Just right so down that,
0: the street. It was a
2: <laughs> it was a rough place, and they did, you know. It's pool hall. I didn't have what I wanted there. Okay, okay. so uh, I uh, I bought that place. I got a loan from uh, cigarette company and the amusement company. I bought it for like thirteen thousand, not the building, but just for the for the business. And uh, I stayed open for about a week, and uh, I, I closed it down after a week. My rent was only two hundred dollars a month, so I could I could subsidize wow. this. Okay, so I could look for some financing. To renovate the property and mm-hmm. make a music club of it, because I was looking at—I remember going to Jeds; they had live music there, and everything. that was already going on when you—yeah, you, exactly okay. there. So uh, I was seeking some financing for this. So I uh, got all dressed up like a, a, a yuppie to go to the banks, you know, to try to get some money. I was trying to seek about about eighty thousand to renovate. The, oh, wow. Because the, the it needed new plumbing, electrical, you name it. Yeah. So uh, I would go to all the banks, and all the banks turned me down. And I said, well, where am I going to go from here? And someone suggested I go to the Small Business Administration. And I went to them, and uh, they supply you with a caseworker to put your package together to present to them what you wanted to do. And uh, I worked with them for you know, a while to put together a package, and so... We submitted the offer for, uh, it was like $80,000, and I was turned down. And my caseworker says, well, listen, we could resubmit it at a lower price. Could you do this renovation for $65,000? And I said, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, Which was cool, too, because I was going to have a grill in the club. And I don't need a grill. That wasn't necessary, you know? Yeah, Not at all. People there... They had to see the music, you know. Yeah, they didn't yeah, come there right, for any food, but it was a good thing because I saved a lot of money doing that. So I got the money from the SBA, and they just don't give it to you one lump sum. They they You have to hire contractors with the, right, who, they are bond, out, right. who are bonded. And they give them half the money when the work's complete Sure, They sure. give them the other half. So I, it took about a year of renovation to build a new plumbing, uh, Fixed everything up in the club, you know, new electrical, put the stage in. It wasn't right. where the stage was. It was it was on the right side of the club. Okay. But later on, I opened up the place bigger than that. A couple of years later. Okay. So well,
0: let's jump ahead a little bit. Okay. So so you you get all that done and you open the club. And okay. you have uh, Little Queenie and the Percolators okay. uh, First band, Neville Brothers, second band I, I read somewhere you had uh, like a jazz group the third weekend And nobody yeah, came well, And you thought, exactly. well, you know, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll wait to have a bunch of jazz No, I'll tell you guys. that story
2: Okay, so when I was in the process of renovating I was, uh, Tipitina's opened up a year before I did I was going all around the city checking out music clubs To see which band was drawing people You know, I saw Little Queenie was doing well, you know, the Nevilles were doing well, and I was getting advice from a lot of people. I remember some Loyola professors came in here, the music professors, and they uh, talked to me about doing some jazz acts at clubs. You know, and then I booked Sonny Stitt, the famous saxophone Sure, okay,
0: Sonny Stitt. Yeah, yeah, fantastic,
2: but but nobody shows up. Nope, so I booked Sonny Stitt, you know, and I paid him with the money I made from the first weekend, Uh and it it bombed, and okay, and I was back down to almost zero again. So I said, Jimmy, you're not going to do any of that anymore, you know? Jazz Uh doesn't sell. So I started having, you know... A, a lot of the uh, the new wave bands. Yeah,
0: you opened in seventy eight, so that's that's right when like the normals
2: are starting to happen uh, here. Exactly. In new Exactly. So the- they they wanted to play the club and they, they were willing to do it for the door. Right. Okay. And that worked out really oh, I got of course yeah. talk about the cold. You know, so Abundant I first saw Jets. them at Jed's, okay, and I said, I want that band at Jimmy's, okay? And uh so they played my club were very successful, you know what I mean? Right. And uh they uh They played there uh, pretty often, and then later on, I enlarged the club, made it even bigger than what it was, Mm -hmm. where the stage eventually became in the background of the club. Before, uh, it was on the right-hand side, and I took a whole wall out and made the club larger. I had that space. And also, the Sheiks. I did a lot of... The she Sheiks, t- that's a band well. that
0: people don't really remember nowadays, which was a huge band. I remember them being like uh, WDSU commercials with the she- big featuring the Sheiks. featuring the big sheiks.
2: draw, did real well. They didn't have a giant guarantee, so I was able to make money with them. And the Cole didn't have a guarantee. They did it for 80% of the door, and every time they played, it was a sellout. And matter of fact, once I enlarged they made the tons club, of dough. and once I enlarged the club, they told Jed goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> they could make more money at my club, and also
0: well, well, unlike Jed, you didn't pull a gun out and set it on the on the, exactly. uh, on, the on
2: the on the top of the and desk. And also, when I, you, took a, when I, I took I took a lot of the, huh? I took a lot of the bands at the Maple Leaf because a band would realize, you know, why would you want to play in a place that holds 120 people and you can play in a place that holds 820 people, right? So. so, I saw
0: so many acts at Jimmy's. Um, the first time Los Lobos played in New Orleans, it was the night they won a Grammy. The Grammy, correct. And I was there with Alex Chilton uh, watching those guys. And, and I, we, we had uh, Steve Berlin, the saxophone player, on the podcast a couple of years ago. And I said, Look, Steve, I remember you going into the broom closet. To warm up your saxophone, he goes. Wow, you remember that? <laughs> he, he remembered everything about that night. You remember, right. you know, right. going out, winding up at the dungeon at the end of that night. Okay. But but yeah, so I saw them. Saw like Iggy Pop there, where I think uh, Carlo Nuzio, uh, our our dearly departed friend, was the sound man, or or had set yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, he worked for PA. me. He
2: did the sound for a long time. So in the beginning. Uh, I didn't have a sound system. A lot of clubs didn't have. So bands used to bring their own sound systems in. And then I was offered a sound system from Sherman Bernard. Okay. Oh, still around. Yeah, we, exactly. Yeah. And it worked out perfect. I paid him like a hundred dollars, uh, 120 a night for his sound and lights, and it worked out. And the right. bands didn't have to, uh, you know, bring in sound. Yeah. But some of the bands had an attitude about, oh, you have to pay to play at Jimmy's. But, you know, look at the money it cost you if you brought your own sound system. Sure. And they, they, uh, they uh, figured adapted to right, right, figure right. it out, okay? So that worked out pretty good. And, and I had him for a long time. Then another sound company. But, uh,
0: so I remember like uh, Carlo talking about doing sound when Iggy Pop played.
2: Oh, Iggy Pop show. Okay. I saw Iggy Pop on the Riverboat President. Right. I was at that show. Okay. I had a lot of perks cause because out, uh, because. Big promoters would do some smaller shows in my club So all the other shows I was invited to Okay All the president, the Sanger Theater So I saw Iggy Pop there And he played my club a year later Is that like Beaver Productions or somebody? Yeah, those guys yeah, did shows at my club right, Barry right. Mendelson was one okay, of them. Right. So I remember part of his routine Was people throwing stuff at him and everything You know, throwing their drinks and Talking it, about and Iggy yeah, 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 that was part of the show And then when he played Jimmy's I I couldn't uh, Apparently got hurt From all those antics Okay So all the drinks Had to be in a cup Couldn't be any bottles Or anything (laughs) (laughs) Iggy got popped (laughs) (laughs) Let me think of some Of my first national acts I had a band called The uh, The Rock Cats You heard of them?
0: Oh yeah The Rock Cats uh, the Rock Hats Yeah yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, what was it uh, Levi uh, Right That was one yeah. of my first ones And uh, You know Bobby
0: Brennan From uh, the, the Rockabye So but but you had uh, all these like triple show, uh, triple band shows with, like the Sex Dogs with with you know with Cranston, Clements, and, right, right, and exactly. Dave our patron Dave Clements. and
2: one of my first national acts was uh, Sleep at the Wheel. Sleep okay. And that's the door. My mother worked the door that night for me. You know, nice. it's my because it I trusted your mom and she 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 loved it. <laughs> she she worked for me Great on many band. occasions yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, you know, as I was able to accumulate more of a bankroll, I was able to uh, delve into the national acts. And uh, because, you know, I was very um, cautious and conservative how I did that because you could lose a lot of money. Sure. You know. And I relied upon, there was some different magazine. One was called Polestar. Sure. To would tell you what the bands are doing around the country. Right. And, and, of course, I was a good negotiator, you know what I mean? Right. I, uh, Being Sicilian. I, uh, yeah. I wouldn't pay the first price, they said. You know? Sure. And I was proud of one show I had there. Greg Allman played. Right. And he played for The Door. <laughs> I can remember the agents saying, I said, no, I only do door deals. He said, "This is Greg Alman. I know, I know, but I don't play door deals." You know, I said, "Well, I'll, I'll get back with you, okay?" I said, "Okay, you know." So I didn't, I didn't, never let. These bands go to my head when I mean, they sub cloners. Oh, they had to have Greg Allman, you know? Right. If he didn't play for my price, I wouldn't have Greg Allman. So they came back a week later, talked to me on the phone, and said, okay, Greg decided he'll play there for 100% of the door. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I can't do 100%. I'll do 80% because I have to pay for production, stage crew, lights, and, you know, advertising and you all. You got to wet your beak. Yeah. So they agreed to it. And he he was asking for like twelve thousand, he walked away with fourteen thousand and we rang up about fourteen thousand. So wow. it was a win win for you wow. know for myself and <laughs> the, you know, and Greg Alman. He was a nice guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially when he was still drinking. Well, he he was asking for some other things. (laughs) Uh, uh, I imagine he probably found them, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but he was cool. I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, who doesn't love Greg? And that was
2: one of the beautiful things about my life and my business was my relationship with, with different bands and, you know. All of that And and, and one story I have to relate to Is about how I became friends With Levon Helm
0: Oh nice Yeah we love Levon Go on And
2: he played In my club It was Levon Helm And the Cape Brothers That was a band From Arkansas That he knew And I had the Radiators open up Nice And uh, it was a big night And he was I had a friend of mine Out by the dressing room Shuck oysters for him And he really Thought that was a big deal Yeah Having someone Shuck oysters You know in New Orleans, Sure who you know? sees that man? And yeah, yeah. Really nice guy And then he uh, He played there Several times And we became Good friends And Matter of fact he, Him and his wife Came to my wedding I got married in 97 And him and his wife Came to my wedding We had our reception At Jimmy's But prior to that One of my stories About Levon He was He uh, was out in california los angeles and john candy had a a radio show called the john candy hour you remember that uh not really okay the john candy hour okay the actor sure yeah john candy yeah so uh levon was on his show and John Candy was coming to New Orleans for an award show called the Marconi Awards. It was best in radio, oh. and he was up for best in radio for his show. I think we're up for one of those this year, man. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, this I mean, isn't radio, is yeah, it? Well, no, just, the, just I
2: the, don't know. the Marconi Awards. Go so yeah. as Levon's talking to him, and Levon tells John, he said, man, if you're going to New Orleans, you have to look up Jimmy Anselmo. And John, well, who is Jimmy so? Well, man, he's the man in New Orleans. You got to look him up. You know? <laughs> so sure enough, John Candy calls me, you know, and comes up, comes to my house in a limo, asked me to show him around town. And we went to my club, Tipitina's, went down on Bourbon Street. I can remember when he wanted to go to a strip club. And uh, he signed his autograph on this. Strippers' titties. <laughs> 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 and he had a, I was in marriage with my girlfriend at the time. We had a limo pick us up and went to the award show, sat at his table. Just a wonderful experience. Often just showing someone a good time, like Leave On Helm. There you go. Nice guy. I really, you know, like Leave man. On. Absolutely. Oh, man. Now, did it?
1: you have any acts over the years at your club that you just thought, these
2: guys are assholes? Oh, many, 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 many. <laughs> name a couple big ones. <laughs> well, I don't name the band, whatever, you know what I mean? Well, one particular band, I won't say what their name was, okay? Well, that's what Manny wants named. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I would be explicit to tell them, you know, some of the local bands wanted to play Jimmy's, okay? You know, I would really get into. You have to have a following. The it wasn't years. the iguanas, though, right? No, it wasn't. Doing. You have to have, you know, a following. You have to have so many people, and you have to pay the sound. It's one hundred twenty dollars for the sound. Right. Okay, and the band. Oh, we got a good following. You know, of course they would all. They all lie. lie to you know. <laughs> sure. So I came in. I had a routine where I'd go home, set the registers up, go home, come back about ten. I was about if the club was going to be crowded or not. I came back. They had about six, seven people there. And uh, so, you know, they didn't draw anybody. uh, Six or seven
0: people in the club.
2: (laughs) So at the end of the night, you know, I told them, you know, and you got to have, you know, where's my $120? They said, no, we're not paying you that because uh, we don't believe in paying the play. So I took their drum kit and I threw it out in the street. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they were they assholes had coming. So I yeah. threw their drum kit out in the street And I said, fuck you Those are my asshole people, okay uh, And there were a well, few I don't know who they are There were a few, okay oh, but, yeah. <laughs> well, we, well, you, you, you can guess You can, guess. Right. You can take some guess. But most of them were good experiences so Nice I had a lease on the property I was able to buy the building And the house next door Where oh, the okay. dress room was right. In 1990, 1998, okay so I bought the property, and then I sold the business, and I had been leasing it out ever since for the last 20 years. And then just in the last two years, I sold the building. Okay. Because you reach a certain age, it's time to cash in the chips. You know what I mean? And but, you had so many chips to cash in. So you've
0: managed kidding.
2: yourself very right. well. <laughs> so I was a landlord for a long time. and. Good times and bad times, so I don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Just have to worry about living.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So now I see you You do a lot of dumpster art. Uh, you, you, it's, it's found art. You, take, you have, uh,
2: I guess that's photographs that you're taking. Yeah, I, I, I was influenced by a friend of mine who played in my club. Uh, he was a New Orleans Saint football player, too. His name was Brad Edelman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to his exhibit, okay? And I really loved it, you know, the discussion about it. And all of his exhibit was abstract photos taken from dumpsters. And I said, I can do that. And mm-hmm. I do that. I keep my camera with me all around the city, find dumpsters. The more fucked up they are, the better the photograph, okay? So I put my photograph on Facebook every day and say, good morning, dumpster.
0: So you're still working in punk rock, man. I'm I still love working it. I in, in punk
2: rock. I'll, I was trying to talk to Ivan Nelboff I said you ought to use some of my artwork for your album cover, Dumpster Funk. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Former uh, guest on our show. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
0: Thank you so much, Jimmy. My pleasure. And And I
2: enjoyed it immensely. Nice.
0: And as always in the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say, trouble never ends. But Jimmy,
1: the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night.